Well, it's that time of year again where you're joining us for our annual election series, where we talk with candidates who are running for office and running for your vote to represent you. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Stay tuned as we continue our candidate series for the upcoming General Assembly election. Welcome back. It's Dr. Eric Laville, and thank you again for joining us, as you always do, on this beautiful Sunday here in Hampton Roads as we broadcast from the campus of the Norfolk State University, home of the Spartan Nation, for none other than WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA. Well, look, we hope you enjoyed your week and weekend, and you're ready to kick off the rest of this phenomenal October. As we said, we have an important election this year, and we have another phenomenal candidate that's ready to talk to you about why you should vote for them and why they want to represent you in their district. But before we do so, we have with us um, a phenomenal healthcare professional here to talk with us about a, a very important community event. It's the Hampton Roads American Heart Association Heart Walk. And joining us, we have with us the chair of the American Heart Association Hampton Roads, Dr. Ethlyn Gibson. Dr. Gibson, welcome to State of Water. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, listen, you know, the American Heart Association has been around for a very long time, and it's a very important in our community and what we do, especially for our health. But before we get into uh, the Heart Walk, which happens every year, which is another phenomenal opportunity for us to get engaged, I want us to talk a little bit about you, your career in healthcare, and your involvement with the American Heart Association. Sure. Um, you know, um, I have been involved with the um, American Heart Association as long as I have been a nurse, and I have been a nurse for actually 40 years this year. Oh, wow. I graduated in, I know, in 1983, um, and I've been a nurse. Um, I've been an Army nurse, um, so I am a military veteran. Um, I also um, have been a nurse in this community for over 15 years. Um, and then um, I'm also a faculty member here at Norfolk State University, um, so I'm raising the next generation of nurses. Um, and then I think it's also important for all of us um, to volunteer um, always um, as nurses and give back. So I think that that's also um, important, um, too. Well, listen, first of all, thank you for your service for our country. As a veteran, you know, I, I love the military, and I, it's, it's one of the greatest opportunities for us to give back and give to the greatest country in which we live in. And thank you for your years of service in ensuring that the health of our community, both in service in military and also here uh, in, in our community is where it should be. You know, let's get into the American Heart Association Heart Walk. Tell us a little bit about this event and why we should get involved. Well, you know, um, this year's walk is um, actually like, in all years past, a great time for us to come together as community, families, and friends. But um, this year is even more exciting um, because if you remember last year during football season, everybody remembers when Damar Hamlin went down on the football field. Mm, we do. Absolutely. Remember that? Yeah. And everybody probably should remember that what saved his life was CPR. Mm. 
And so the American Heart Walk is a time where we come together to raise funds that help educate our community to save lives from heart disease, which is a number one killer still, and stroke. And so this is a time where we can come together and actually fellowship and have fun um, on the south side in Chesapeake and then on the peninsula at Fort Monroe. Wow. You know, when you mentioned DeMar Hamlin and what took place, I think the entire country took a collective gasp because we've never seen anything like that before. And when we learn more about why he, you know, why, why he's still alive, you know, I think everyone went into a reality check of why we should learn CPR and why these techniques and, and why our heart health is so important. You know, the heart walk raises funds as well. So tell us a little bit about how these funds are used to save lives and, and what is used to save lives from. Sure. Um, so the funds are used um, in multiple ways. Um, we actually use the funds um, to purchase blood pressure cuffs that we distribute um, throughout the year um, to um, help mothers who are experiencing um, what we call preeclampsia, high blood pressure um, when they are pregnant. Those are young mothers. We also use them um, to purchase blood pressure cuffs for um, older um, adults who may be living um, in their homes um, and they need to check their blood pressure when they're um, taking their medication. We um, also um, use the um, funds um, to um, do programs for children in schools. You might remember we had a program that was called Jump Rope for Heart um, back in the day. Mm -hmm. We still um, do those programs um, for kids. And then this year, a very exciting program that we're going to have at each of our walks is called the Red Couch Tour. And so at Fort Monroe, we're actually going to have a couple of our local doctors. Um, at Fort Monroe, we're going to have Dr. Shauna Johnson from Riverside Health System. And she's actually going to sit on the red couch. And believe it or not, you're gonna have, you, you won't have to pay a copay. And you'll be able to walk up to a doctor and ask her questions about anything from your blood pressure to why your head might hurt. And you can talk to her on the red couch tour. And then we're going to have a stroke survivor to tell you what she should have done different so that you don't have to maybe have a stroke. But that's going to be a new caveat called the Red Couch Tour. And we're going to have it in Chesapeake. And we're also going to have it at Fort Monroe. How about that? Wow. Well, look, that's that's enough to get everybody out. No co-pays for, to ask a doctor a question. No, no. <laughs> You know, there are two walks. There are two walks, one on the peninsula. There's two walks. One, yes. one on the peninsula on Saturday, November 4th at Fort Monroe at Outlook yes. Beach. And also another on sat on the south side, Saturday, November 11th uh, at Chesapeake City Park, in which veterans will also be celebrated uh, on that, that particular day on that walk on the 11th. You know, according to the American Heart Association and the exception of the heart walk, the mortality rates from cardiovascular disease and stroke have de decreased by 45%. So when you say that walking, this heart walk is to save lives, I, I think the number's right there. It, it, it is. And, you know, and we want to start teaching our families early. So at each of our walks, 
we want to make it a family and a community event. I want you to remember that. So we want you to bring the whole family and the whole community. So at each of our walks, we will be having a kids zone. So in that area, we will have face painting and coloring. So you can bring your, your kids, your grandkids. We will also have a pet zone so you can bring your pets. So there will be paparazzi, that's what we call it, and an obstacle course. Um, we will also have a survivor's tent because we want to applaud our survivors um, who, you know, tell us um, how we need to live life healthier. We will also have sunrise yoga. Um, so you need to come on out, um, Dr. Clavel, and, and try out some yoga um, with us. Um, so, so we're going to have something for everybody um, at each one um, of our walks. Absolutely. Well, again, once again, this is the annual American Heart Association of Hampton Roads Heart Walk. Two heart walks, one on the peninsula, November 4th, and also one on the south side um, in Chesapeake City Park on November 11th on Veterans Day. So we want to engage veterans uh, and their families to have and there'll be special gifts for them as well. Both walks, registration begins at 8 a.m. on stage and at 8.30 and a countdown to walk at 9 a.m. So registration at 8 and you can walk, start walking at 9 a.m. Um, to register for this event, go to HamptonRoadsHeartWalk.org. That's HamptonRoadsHeartWalk.org to register for either walk or even both walks itself. Dr. Gibson, any closing remarks? Um, I just want to tell everyone that, you know, really... Um, this is always an awesome event for our community, but better yet, um, by the time you leave and we really wrap up typically between 11 and 1130, you know that you've done something good for yourself, for your family, and for your heart. But you know that as you start out towards Thanksgiving and Christmas, that by the time you hit 2024, you know that you're ready to keep living for the next five and 10 years and you're doing something for the next generation. Awesome. Well, look, we'll see you out there at American Heart Walk, the American Heart Association, Hampton Roads, annual Heart Walk, November 4th and 11th at Fort Monroe on the 4th and in Chesapeake City Park on the 11th. We'll see you out there walking. Dr. Gibson, thank you so much for joining us here on Stay of the Water. Now we have with us someone that's running to represent you here in District 92 in Norfolk. We have with us Benita Anthony, community activist, educator, and someone that wants to be your voice in Richmond. Benita, thank you for being on Stay the Water. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here. Absolutely. Well, you know, this is our annual election candidate preview, uh, and we're doing this for the General Assembly. And we know that the General Assembly itself is electing all 140 seats, both in the House of Delegates, 100, and also 40 in the Senate. And you're yeah. running to represent the people of the 92nd District in the House of Delegates. Benita, tell our community a little bit about you first. Oh, so I am an educator. I am a caregiver. I am also a minister here in Norfolk, um, as well as a former engineer. And so I was born and raised here in Norfolk and educated in Norfolk. I'm a graduate of Booker T. Washington High School. I'm a double engineering alum from Old Dominion University as well and have spent my life redirecting, you know, advocacy and 
services to my community here in Norfolk. Wow. You know, you've never held political office and also your challenger has never held political office either. Tell us why at this stage do you want to come into, of all things, politics, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're working in of a community. Things, right? <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, it's definitely a noble, definitely a noble profession and, and, and cause to be a public servant. Uh, but the political environment now, some may say, you know what, it's not for me. But you said, hey, I'm going to throw my head in and do it because this is what I want to do. So what made you make that decision? Well, I mean, I've never held a political office, but it's not my first time running. Um, back in 2018, I ran for school board was when Norfolk um, had its fully elected school board. Uh, I saw that there was a tremendous need and I felt that I had the wherewithal and the gumption to go forward and do something about it. Um, here in these times when we you know, had the change of administration, um, we have the census collection. We went through redistricting here um, in the Commonwealth. And then, of course, things that were happening at the federal level and more and more power was giving to the state, mm. um, especially when the Dobbs opinion came out. Um, it was the last straw. So once we saw that when the new maps were approved back in December 2021, that we were in an open seat. We kind of, you know, put our ears to the ground. Uh, we put our face uh, to the Lord and reflected and, and listened and, you know, tried to figure out what is it that we can do to make sure that our community um, is taken care of, that we are well represented. And then the last straw was that opinion leak um, that led to the overturning of Roe is when I said enough is enough. I could not turn my face to the wall. I had to jump in and file to run for this particular open seat. Wow. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. Yes. <laughs> now, I want people to know that because of redistricting, the districts have changed. So when you go to the polls to vote, the person that normally you have voted for in the last 10 years may not be the person that you're voting for. And in this case, it is not. Uh, this is what we consider here, well, in Norfolk State, which is the district that sits in the new 92nd district used to yes. be the old 89th district. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. so, so the delegate that represented Norfolk state and still does until November 8th is Jackie glass. Current, actually, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's as confusing as redistricting is delegate Jackie glass uh, will still represent um, the 89th district all the way up until January 9th. 2024. And when the new General Assembly session starts on January 10th and everyone gets sworn in, that's when everyone is sworn in on their new districts, the new maps, the new boundaries. Um, and so, you know, yes, uh, most of the new 92nd district um, has the old 89th in it. So that includes mm -hmm. all the way from downtown Norfolk all the way through um, past Oldman University off, off of Magnolia Avenue. We include the Park Place uh, neighborhoods. We include Huntersville, all of the St. Paul's quadrant. We have the Brambleton area. Um, we have all of the four higher ed institutions in the area that include Norfolk State University, PCC Norfolk Campus, Eastern Virginia Medical School, and ODU. Mm. 
Um, we also include a smidgen of, of Ingleside, which is my particular neighborhood. We go south um, into Campostela Heights, Campostela, mm -hmm. Berkeley area. And then the 92nd stretches down into what we all call South Norfolk area or that northern Chesapeake area has 30 percent of the district within Chesapeake. Wow. So definitely a new <laughs> definitely a new definitely district. Definitely a new district, yeah. Yeah, and definitely a, a new day. So the and of course Jackie Glass will be running in the is currently running in the ninety third district uh, for yeah. re-election or for election, some may say. Uh, but here in the ninety second district, as a, as you mentioned, I said before, you know you're representing the Norfolk State University and then all of the other. Yeah. Institution of Higher Education in Norfolk, which is a very powerful position, very powerful district yeah. to be in. Tell in as an educator yourself, tell us about any priorities that you have for education and really your other platform that you have yes, for your office. Yes. Yes, I spent twenty plus years in education. I've taught every level from pre K four all the way through higher ed. I spent the bulk of my education career in higher education. I spent 17 years with the College of Engineering and Technology at Old Dominion University. Um, and I'm going, coming up on my second year at Virginia State University College of Engineering and Technology. And of course, education is a priority um, for um, our campaign. Um, and when we're talking about education, we're talking about making uh, public education stronger. We want to fully fund public education. And there's so many um, studies out there. JLOC study, the Joint Legislative Audit Review Commission said that there's been years of underinvestment um, in not only K-12, but of course, you know, um, public HBCUs have gotten their letters and say, hey, you know, there's been tremendous amount of underinvestment. Um, I know Virginia State University got a letter saying, hey, you know, you are you have been shorted $278 million. Right. Um, <laughs> Just so by funding, the way. <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah. So funding, fully funding public education. I mean, there are so many issues with public edu education right now. Mm -hmm. We have the issues with culture wars, uh, making sure um, that our uh, we cut off the school to prison pipeline, that we... Um, you know, properly invest in our young folks, that we stop book bans, that no, no longer have distortion, deletion of history, that we build a framework of how we're going to evaluate curriculum um, and SOLs. We're, we want to update that funding formula or the standards of quality um, to make sure that we don't suffer um, from underinvestments in years to come. We want to make sure that we have restorative practices um, and make sure that our, 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 our children, all of our children, experience a world-class education. Now, when we talk about education, you're a Norfolk native, you know, born, yes. born here in Norfolk. Educated, born and raised, educated in Norfolk, yes. And now you're, you're back and you say, hey, I've been educated, I've, 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 I've lived, and I want to give back. What are, day one, what are some of the main initiatives are you looking to champion uh, on Capitol Hill, if you are elected to this position uh, for K through 12 and also higher, higher ed in general? Yeah, so uh, like I said before, you know, we're, we're looking at making sure um, that we fully fund, that we, you know, build up those salaries. We also have 
um, need to uh, fully invest in the infrastructure of our schools, especially, you know, in higher ed. Um, we, you know, also need to make sure that all of our, um, that we have, all of our uh, young people are protected. And so we're talking about, you know, common sense gun legislation as well. I mean, I know within the higher ed space, particularly HBCUs have suffered um, this year with the loss of students from Jackson State, from Morgan State to Bowie State to Norfolk State to Virginia State have suffered um, with gun violence in, around, you know, the, the campus spaces. Um, and so we want to make sure that all of our kids are protected. We want to make sure um, that we fully invest. We have a tremendous issue of overcrowding um, mm. within our schools. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and our educators are going through a lot. We have, you know, right now, you know, the hot spots are, you know, chronic absenteeism. But, you know, uh, we can't lay that responsibility uh, completely on school districts. Right. Chronic absenteeism has to deal with the lack of child care or the unaffordable child care. Within our district, we have a lot of members, a lot of you know, citizens who have been displaced as far as housing. Uh, folks are housing insecure, you know, folks, are, you know, there's lack of affordable health care. There are many reasons for chronic absenteeism. So there are many pieces of legislation that we need to tackle. There is, you know, a multi-pronged approach, um, a multi-agency approach um, to biting the elephant, you know, to make sure that public education is stronger. Um, and so we, you know, we have a lot of work to do. And so we can't, you know, get with the rhetoric of trying to put in programs or trying to um, put in things in place that diverts funding away from public education. And so that's, you know, priority in our platform, as well as making sure that, you know, everyone has access to quality and affordable health care. Mm. Of course, we want to enshrine um, abortion services within the Virginia uh, Constitution. Uh, we don't want to limit any type of health care services to anyone um, because we start impacting people's lives that way. Uh, I'm a caregiver, uh, and so, you know, within that space, I care about the care economy. I care about not only caregivers like myself, um, and expanding, you know, our roles, expanding the definition of caregivers, expanding the resources that we have access to so that we could care for our loved ones in place and also care, care workers, uh, making sure that they have their rights, protections, and benefits and training that they need um, in order, you know, to help us in the healthcare industry. We, all, you know, there's many things underneath that healthcare space. You know, of course, we have, you know, the four higher ed institutions within the 92nd District. We're looking closely at the collaboration between Norfolk State, EVMS, and ODU um, and combining those things uh, those institutions into um, one big medical school, you know, especially right. to combat in institutionalized racism. Um, and we want to make sure that the resources are in place. We want to make sure that the mission stays intact um, as well. So we're looking at those things and as well as, you know, ensuring the economic vitality of our city, of our region um, here in Hampton Roads. As a, um, an engineer, I'm always thinking about, you know, not only attracting industry, mm -hmm. we've got uh, maritime space, we have manufacturing spaces, we have the offshore wind space, 
um, as well. We're looking at, you know, alternative energy uh, spaces as well. Uh, and, you know, also caring about small businesses, um, you know, we're, we're, and of course, with that, you have to talk about housing, you have to talk about fair wages, you're going to have to talk about um, transportation equity, <laughs> and making sure that our region is connected, and so that people can get to fresh produce, that people can get to their yes. good jobs, that people can get to uh, you know, all the spaces and places that, um, you know, accessibility get to good quality, affordable health care. Um, so everything is relative. Everything is connected. And so we have a lot of work to do. Uh, the good thing about it is that Norfolk is well chopped up as far as this redistricting space where we got, uh-huh. you know, four house districts and one complete Senate district within Norfolk. Um, so the Norfolk delegation is, is going to be um, well suited to make sure that we advocate um, for our city and as well as, you know, um, making sure that every part of the 92nd district, including Chesapeake, is not underrepresented. Absolutely. You know, you bring a very unique perspective just listening to you and learning about your, your career and what you've done, not just as an educator, but also the perspective as an engineer and the work that you've done yeah. in, in higher ed, uh, both at ODU and at Virginia State right now, and, and representing Norfolk State, the Norfolk State University, and yeah. just being being a part of the community. But uh, there's also one other unique thing about you that I learned that I want the audience to know is that you also are of the arts as well. So <laughs> tell, yeah. us little, to tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your love for the arts. Oh, my goodness. So I've... Um uh, my first instrument was the piano, uh, and I've been playing violin for well over 45 years. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I play jazz violin, so that's, um, you know, so I'm well connected. Um, so the creative spaces is something else to, to add to the arsenal that, you know, I bring all those different perspectives Absolutely. to the table. So I'm going to be able to advocate well because, you know, our, our, our city, our region, um, arts and entertainment is alive and well. And so, you know, um, it's, you know that creative um, economy is going to be tremendous for us. And we're looking at also, you know, um, folks who are, are filling in the gaps in, in our areas are making sure that people are fed and people, you know, have housing and people are taken care of and that our communities are safe. And we want to make sure that we provide a mechanism of sustainable resources or funding for those groups who are boots on the ground. So we have a lot of work to do in the General Assembly. And listen, it looks like you're ready and strapped up, strap your boots up and ready to work. Yes, we are ready. Bonita, Bonita, tell our audience, if they want to get involved with your campaign and get in touch with you, where can they find more information about you? Yeah, so uh, our uh, website is Bonita, F-O-R-V-A, so BonitaForVirginia.com. You know, reach out to us. Our email address is info at Bonita, F-O-R-V-A dot com, B-O-N-I-T-A, F-O-R-V-A dot com. Reach out to us. Uh, We want to make sure that people are out there voting. Early voting, of course, has started uh, on, you know, the 23rd, we have the satellite locations in your prospective cities. They're going to be open for early voting as well. We want to make sure that people take advantage of that. Make sure you check your status 
talk to your friends, your family, make sure that everybody has a plan to vote. We have to make sure that we activate the electorate because, you know, of course, voting, you know, and voting access, voting rights are at stake as well. Absolutely. Um, so right in the middle of um, our, you know, district in Chesapeake in the 92nd, the, you know, the, the, um, the city council decided that they were going to remove definitely well, well, uh, one of the precincts. Yeah, they Absolutely. removed the early satellite voting place that's in the middle of a predominantly black precinct. So we want to make sure that we, um, you know, have the the legislators in place that's going to protect our voice, and so that we could begin to make continue to make good change within the Commonwealth of Virginia. Absolutely. Continue to make good change because this is the work that your soul desires from our conversation. Yes, before. yes. Again, thank you so much for joining us, Benita Anthony. Go out and vote. Go out and vote. Exercise your right to vote. Once again, to stay the water, I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Continue to join us every week as we review our candidate series leading up to the election on November 7th. Be great, God bless, and we'll see you next week.